friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Y'all know I love when we have athletes on the show, and we have got a great show in store for you today. But before we get into that conversation, I want to take a moment and tell you about one of our incredible partners, the Simplified Planner by Emily Lay. Y'all know she's one of my BFFs, addicted to my planner. It's the perfect time to start thinking about the fresh start we get to make in January 2021. Come on. And a great way to approach that fresh start with some intentionality is with the Simplified Planner. My word, y'all, I love this planner so much. I would be some kind of mess without my Simplified Planner from my sweet friend, Emily Lay, for starters. The designs are beautiful and there are so many options to choose from. They have daily and weekly editions of the Simplified Planner. So you can customize depending on your needs. And the Simplified Planner was designed minimally on purpose so that you can really make it work for you and the season you're in. No like extra boxes to check off or clutter up your pages and make you feel like you're not doing enough. Simplified also offers other organizational tools to help you prioritize and stay organized in the coming year. They've got some awesome gift ideas as well. If you want to buy a Simplified Planner as a holiday gift, you've got time. Just make sure to do it before December 8th. Just go to emilylay.co slash that sounds fun to see all that Simplified has to offer. Again, that's Emily Lay, E-M-I-L-Y-L-E-Y dot C-O slash that sounds fun. And you know what else sounds fun? Today's guest, my buddy Cody Zeller is here. He plays for the Charlotte Hornets and has an incredible story of faith and basketball. And I am thrilled for y'all to hear this conversation. I am such a fan of this dude. And we are suddenly, as a people group, you and me, friends, we are big Charlotte Hornet fans and we are big Cody Zeller fans. Number 40, here we go. Here's our conversation with the, that sounds fun, favorite NBA player, Cody Zeller. All right, Cody, are you ready? Let's do it. Are you nervous? No, no. Do you do do you do interviews all the time? Is that part of the gig? Yeah, we do a lot of interviews. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of times it's not like fun ones like this. It's more so like <laughs> you better hope this. Is why fun. did you suck today? It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh, do you have to do some why, of those? Why the team? Why was the team so bad? Why did you have four turnovers? I'm like, well, well, we'll be better tomorrow. So anyway, this will be a lot more fun. Than okay, that. good. I hope so. How often? Okay, when you go and the game is over. And you have to go do those, you have to go sit at the table in your jersey, all sweaty, and yeah. answer all those questions. Yeah. Do they give you media training before all that, like when you're a rookie? Uh, to some of the guys. Some of the yeah. guys do. Uh, I was fortunate because I grew up with th- two older brothers. There's three three of us that have played basketball. We grew up in a town of 12,000, and we our high school gym holds 7,000. <gasps> and so just our little small town. Like about, Hoosier stuff. Yeah, exactly. Hoosiers, okay. Exactly like high school basketball in Indiana. So I feel like I was in a little bit of a spotlight in high school, yeah. like the the small town, you know, ba- everyone loves basketball. So anyway, so I think I was exposed to it even at an early age to see my brothers go through that. And then when I got to college, playing basketball in Indiana is everything. So yeah. to stay at home, you know, be a big guy that you know, stayed at home to play in Indiana was a really big deal. So anyway, I feel, I feel like I've had, you know, kind of that media pressure throughout my whole life. So uh, I've gotten used to, uh, you know, the tough crest- the, the tough questions, and, you know, I can avoid some of that. But uh, Okay, good, because I've got some hard-hitting well. questions Let's do for it. you. Ask this is going to get, it's going to get really tough for you. I'm just kidding. You, you are first NBA player ever on wow. the podcast. That's such an honor. Well, it's our <laughs> honor. Thank you very much. Will you start by telling us what's going to happen? Y'all just voted. 
What happens with the NBA now for the next, for the 2021 season? Yeah, so the plan is to start uh, December 22nd, and we're going to play 72 games as opposed to 82 games. Okay. And we're going to play in market, so we won't do the bubble idea. Yeah. So uh, in market means what? Like you'll do it. You play for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I play for Charlotte Hornets. So we'll fly to Orlando. We might play the Magic back to back Friday, Saturday, uh, consecutive nights, uh, and then fly back to Charlotte. But we won't be stuck in one location to play all seventy two. Like games. in the bubble, the, yeah, like the exactly. NBA did. Exactly. So they'll test us every day. They'll keep. I don't think that we're going to start with any fans. Uh, even the states that allow a certain percentage of, of smaller groups, uh, I don't think we'll have any fans to start with. But. Uh, they'll be pretty cautious, but hopefully we can get all the games played. When's the last time you played in a game? Uh, March 11th. We were oh, playing right before it. Yeah. Yeah. So we were playing in Miami, and was, I remember the the day before we played the Heat, we landed in Miami, and they called a team meeting and said, you know, we need to talk. So it was the first time hearing about COVID, about yeah, the 14 day quarantine, about you know everything else, and at that point in the season, our our playoff chances were over. We were the season was kind of because you, know, you have a young drag, team. Y'all are good. Yeah, You're just young. Kind of dragging on, and so I remember joking with one of the guys is like, "How do I sign up for that? You know, 14 <laughs> days. That doesn't sound too bad. 14 days off." But anyway, so we played the next night in Miami, and I remember in the training room beforehand, we our next game was going to be it was a Wednesday. Our next game was going to be a Friday at home, and I remember we were taking bets in the locker room of whether we would play our Friday game with no fans or not. So oh, wow. in my mind, that was the worst case scenario. Oh so anyway, gosh. we ended up taking the court. And in about the third quarter of our game was when uh, the Utah Jazz and the Thunder were tipping off and Rudy Gobert and those guys tested positive. And so that's when like everything shut down. The yeah. NBA announced, you know, no more games. The season has, has been postponed. But we were already in the third quarter of our game. <laughs> and so it was kind of a weird buzz in the arena because the – the 10 players that were on the court were the only ones that didn't know what was going on. Sure. So we, we ended up having a, a big comeback win. You know, we were excited, <laughs> you know, that all the fans are reading the news on their phones. Yeah. So we got back to the locker room. When and, you're on the court, the are you seeing the fans on their phones? Like looking back now, like there was a weird buzz yeah. in the arena, but I didn't know at the time what yeah. was going on, obviously. And so it wasn't until I went back to the locker room and someone showed me a, you know, a, a tweet that had said the season was postponed. So, even at that time, we didn't know if we were going to be able to fly back to Charlotte or if we were going to have to quarantine there or oh, what right. was going to happen. So yeah. and that's been the, the, the toughest part of the whole COVID situation is the unknown of like, when are we going to get back to playing? What's the symptoms? You know, are my parents safe? You know, are older people safe? So is it going to be gone by the summer? Yeah. Uh, so obviously it's dragged on, but I think that's been the toughest part is just the unknown of it. What? do you predict or what have you heard about the difference in playing without fans? Like, what do you think that's going to be like? How big a part of the game is that for you as a player? Uh, it's definitely big. And I've, I've played in some like really loud atmospheres and I, I live right. for playing. In Indiana like, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't even care if they're cheering for me or against me. Like just to play <laughs> in front of a, a big crowd. And you really feed off of that, especially yeah. playing so many games. There's plenty of nights where, you know, your body's sore, you know, you don't have the motivation uh, so you kind of feed out that crowd. Once you get out there, you kind of get motivated. So there was 22 teams that went to Orlando to finish the playoffs. And my brother also plays. And he was with the San Antonio Spurs in the bubble. So he talked a little okay. bit about, he said, once he got out there, they, they pump in some crowd noise as well. Oh, so they said nice. that that kind of helps. But once you get out there, it feels, you know, you kind of get used to it. Have y'all so played against each other a lot? 
Yeah, actually, yeah. actually, when they were in, so we're all three years apart. Okay. I'm the youngest. Uh, Tyler's three years older, went to North Carolina. Oh, wow. And then he's played for six teams over eight years in the NBA. Oh, so he's gosh. kind of bounced around. And then my oldest brother is six years older uh, than me. So we're all three years apart. He went to Notre Dame. He played overseas for a handful of years and then for the Phoenix Suns for a year. Okay. And so when- Did uh, your parents play basketball? Yeah, so my, my mom played Division three basketball. My dad played football. Uh, he walked out of Iowa State. So they're both okay. from Iowa, high school sweethearts. Uh, people always ask me, like, how tall my parents are. Yeah, of course. So my dad's 6'5". My mom's, like, six foot. So And y'all are all, and you're jeans. seven. Yeah, seven feet. Yeah, and, all three of my brother, all three of us wow. are seven feet tall. But anyway, okay, so, sorry, yep. so Luke and Tyler played uh, with Thanksgiving coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, my parents always bring out this story. But so Luke was at Notre Dame. He was a senior. Tyler was a freshman at North Carolina, and they played at the Maui Invitational, which is a big deal to play, yeah. you know, in Maui. And it's always over Thanksgiving weekend. So my whole family flew out there, my parents and everyone. And I had my own high school game. I was oh, a wow. sophomore in high school. And so they left me at home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so about every year for Thanksgiving, it comes up and be like, man, remember that, how much fun that was? In Ma- <laughs> oh, no, Cody was, no, Cody was at home alone. So, anyway, so my parents wore like a half and a half shirt. So they were like a half North Carolina, yeah. half Notre Dame shirt. Yeah. Uh, so since then, Tyler and I have played against each other. I mean, we play each other three or four times a year. Yeah. And so it's always for 80 games a year, I, I cheer for him to do really well. Sure. But for two or three nights a year, like I'm like, <laughs> hey, you know, like this whole brother thing, we got to throw this out the window for right. two hours. You know. So, Forgive me for not knowing this enough. Yeah. I like basketball, but I don't know. When y'all are, are y'all man to man like that? Like, are there yeah. times where the entire game is you and him face seeing each other? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, because so, y'all are the yeah, exact same. Yeah, we play the same, same position. So, right. yeah, like we're guarding each other. And like to the coaching staff, I was like, if there's ever a game that I have the scouting report down, like I know his tendencies. <laughs> yeah. I know he wants to go to his right, right shoulder, you know, all this stuff. So, You're so like, yeah, I know him so well. Yeah, I've been playing yeah, him my whole exactly, life. Exactly, exactly. That's so. wild. Yeah, so when the, with the new season coming up, you're with the Hornets. He's with the Spurs. Yep. yep. Okay. I just need to make a note in my head to watch okay. that game <laughs> so that I can <laughs> see that in action. Okay. You played for Indiana. What is it? What? Who did you dream of playing for? Like when you were a kid, yeah. wh- what NBA team did you think you'd end up playing yeah. for or dream about? So we're, we're from a small town in southern Indiana, which is about a two-hour drive to Indianapolis. So the Indiana Pacers yeah. uh, was kind of our team growing up. Reggie Miller oh, was yeah. kind of the, the key player. And they're the rivalry between the Pacers and the Knicks growing up was like our childhood. And so even now I think back to that of like, it was a big deal for my parents to get five tickets and for them to drive two hours up to a game. And so maybe every other year, maybe once a year, maybe over the other year, we would get the chance to go to a Pacers game. And it was really, really cool for us to be able to go, but we'd be in the very highest nosebleed. And we just thought it was the coolest thing. So. I remind myself of that a lot because there are plenty of games where I'm like, man, my body doesn't feel good tonight. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm like, you know, there's some little kid, you know, Cody Zeller, little 10 year old Cody yeah. Zeller sitting in the highest nosebleed. <laughs> this is the only game he's going to see all year. So yeah. I need to go out there and play, play my hardest. So how anyways, much so I remind do you hear that a lot. people yelling your name, yelling things at you, seeing their faces <laughs> when you're out there? Because basketball, you're so close to the players. Yeah. As a fan. Yeah, I love it. I hear it all the time of like, I mean, especially when I was in Indiana, the we were one of the better teams in the country. So like yeah. whole student sections chanting your name or chanting whatever it was. Like 
in high school is always like if I'm at the free throw line, the whole gym gets quiet, and then that's like their chance to. So it was always like Luke's better, Tyler's better. Oh gosh, like for real? Yeah, and then even now, <laughs> that's awful. like even now. <laughs> Even now, like uh, they chant about like my hairline. They yeah. chant about everything. Oh my god! It's like it's like where's your hairline? Like everything. Oh, that's what they, think, that's yeah. horrible. I just think it's the funniest thing. So I've I've heard it all. So I'm like I just roll with it. So. And it's just like fun yeah. that they're saying anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm so glad my anyway. job does not involve that. <laughs> I cannot imagine having people while oh, we're doing so this fun. interview sitting over here chanting unkind things about <laughs> us. That's awful, it's so but it's fun. just like part of the gig. It's a part of it, yeah. And you like it. 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 it reminds me of my brothers. Like My brothers and I used to like, and even now, we just rip on each other like yeah. crazy. So we always rip on each other, but if anyone rips on them, like if you talk bad about my brother, you're like, I'm going to stand up for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm the only one that's allowed to make fun of him for that. <laughs> that's so. right. Anyway, but yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, oh, that sounds like some of my, We it was actually when I played against the Pacers last year, like it was, it's always cool to come back home, and I got yeah. a lot of family there and stuff. So I was at the free throw line, and they started chanting something about like, "Where's your hairline?" And so, uh, so I was joking afterwards. I was like, "Yeah, I think that was my brother that was leading the chant." <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's not too far fetched. So. One of the things I think would be really fun about being in the NBA is you play like up close with LeBron James and yeah. all these other all these other players. They're like your peers. Yeah. Does that surprise you, or is that how it's always been? Like when you were playing in Indiana, they were big deal college players alongside you being a big deal college player. Is yeah. this just always how it's been? Yeah, especially when I was a rookie, like my my rookie year, I grew up watching a lot of these players, like idolizing, you know, Dirk Nowinski was one of my favorite mm-hmm. players, or LeBron James is probably the best player in the league at the time. Uh, my rookie year, LeBron had 61 points against us. Oh, and- wow. So, you know, Mel- Carmelo Anthony had 62 points against us my first time playing in the Garden. Yeah. And to hear the crowd and so yeah. like, but it, you almost have to like, almost lose some of that like sense of awe and that mm-hmm. like, okay, like I, I belong, you know, yes. like I can, I'm okay competing against these guys. So it's like you almost have to lose some of that. One of my kind of welcome to the NBA moments is playing against Dirk Nowinski and I always grew up watching him and kind of idolizing him, a big white guy that can shoot yeah. really well. Dallas? Yeah, for the Mavericks. And yeah. So uh, I was matched up with him, guarding him. And so the same thing, I was like, oh I got the scouting report down for this one. Like, <laughs> you know, fadeaway jumper, I got this down. So uh, in the first half, I was guarding him and played him really well. And he was one for 11 with four points in the first half. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, I couldn't get my head through the locker room door. Like, <laughs> at halftime, I was like, I'm stopping my childhood hero. This is the coolest thing. Right. So he ended up 11 for 21. He had 25 points. He oh had like, like eight in a row down the, <laughs> down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Like he just turned it on. And it was uh, like, I wasn't doing anything different. It was just like, he's that good. And yeah. it was like, okay, I get it now. So anyway, so I've, I've had some really cool moments throughout my career like that. But I've, you almost kind of have to lose that sense of awe yeah. and like, okay, I, I can play with these guys. That know? happened. Some of the first conferences I did with some of the people that I've like, long respected yeah it was similar where where you almost have to say to yourself like christine kane always says their invitation is your permission yeah they invited you so you have every bit of permission to be exactly who you are at that thing you know and so i had to walk through some of that too of like you have to stop being impressed (laughs) because your name is on this too like you're here to do your job you have to do your job i mean so many people listening get themselves in situations where they feel like they don't fit Hmm. Or they feel like they don't belong. What's the narrative in your head? How do you talk yourself in the moment when you think, 
I'm nervous about this. I can't believe I have this opportunity. I'm guarding LeBron James or whatever. What's your, what's your internal dialogue that helps you stay in it and do well? That's a, that's a good question because I think I love some people say that. I think I have, I mean, it's, it's a part, especially when I came into the NBA or even, you know, made that jump from high school to college was a struggle of like, you know, do I really belong? You know, being mm-hmm. a, a big white guy, you know, that grew up in a small town, you know, dreaming of playing the NBA. But like you said, I'm guarding LeBron James. I'm guarding Tim Duncan. I'm guarding mm-hmm. a lot of these guys that I grew up idolizing. And I think I think what it goes back to is I know that I put the work in in practice. I know that ah. I've I know that I've conditioned. I know that I've lifted weights. I know that I've shot a million shots to get to this moment. And even in high pressure situations, whether you're playing in the playoffs or playing in a, you know, a late game situation where the intensity can get high, you always revert back to like, okay, I know we're, I'm prepared for this mm. because I've, I've done this a million times in a closed gym. And so that's kind of what you revert back to is I know that I'm prepared for this. I would love to hear you talk for just a minute about it. It, it wasn't just this year that we've seen social injustice, yeah. but it was sp- significantly louder during COVID. But your whole career has been in a job where you're the minority racially. Yeah. And so you're seeing this up close in ways that I'm not. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me what it's like to be a part of social justice and a part of racial reconciliation when you're the minority. Yeah, it's, uh, it is, I'm in a unique position because, uh, this year I was the only white guy on our team, uh, throughout my career of my uh, seven years I've, I've played, uh, probably three of the years I've been the only white guy. Oh, wow. And so I don't, uh, I've, it's been a good, I don't think I'm, I don't think I have a racist bone in my body. And you know, I, I grew up playing with all different, you know, I think yeah. sports, the sports world is unique in that, that, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. If you can put a ball in a hoop, mm-hmm. you know, we can get along. Yeah. And so it's, it's, the sports world is really cool about that. But it's also really cool to see that the NBA has kind of been leading, uh, you know, kind of calling out some of those social injustice problems yeah. that we have. And so uh, we've had some really cool conversations amongst our team even in the past 12 months. Um, and, you know, we're, we have enough respect for each other just because of, you know, the time that we've spent together, mm-hmm. the respect that we have each other on the court, that we were able to have really cool unfiltered conversations about, some of the ways that, you know, maybe I was, I was obviously raised in a white family in a, you know, white neighborhood, a white community. And I don't think I'm, I have a racist bone in my body, but I don't think I've done a good enough job of kind of putting myself in their shoes. Mm. And, you know, I've heard, you know, we had a very raw conversation with some of my teammates about, you know, fans waving bananas at them when they were uh, playing earlier in their career. Um, You know, living in a, um, you know, a neighborhood where, you know, they, they have to make a conscious decision about not wearing a hoodie when they go out for a run, yeah. stuff like that, that just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of broke my heart and made me really kind of reconsider how I, how I look at things, you know, like, you know, maybe I'm not racist, but at the same time, I don't think I've done a good enough job of really feeling the pain that they've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been, uh, it's been a good learning process for me. And uh, I'm really really proud to be a part of the NBA where they've kind of been leading in that. Yeah. And as a veteran on your team, yeah. you get, I mean, I, I just think that's got to feel so hopeful for Charlotte fans yeah. and for the team that, that you're thoughtful about this yeah. as you're leading as one of the leaders on your team. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's the same thing. We we obviously have a platform, like I was I was speaking earlier, that we can have an impact on social change and it's really cool to see some of the some of the stuff the players were able to do in Orlando and the bubble mm-hmm. of uh, you know, they're wearing some of the um, things on their jersey and um, so anyway, I think it's been a, a great push. I think as a country, we have a long ways to go, but uh, yeah, I'm proud of, to be at the NBA. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah. Hey friends, taking a short break from this conversation with Cody to give a shout out to our amazing partners at Rothy's. You know, we've been asking, is it Christmas yet around here at Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun Network? And one of the reasons we want Christmas to hurry up and get here is the thrill of finding the perfect gift for the people that we love. This season, give the gift of comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags from Rothy's. Rothy's shoes are incredibly comfortable and there's zero break-in period, just comfy from day one. With so many styles and colors and patterns to choose from, Rothy's shoes are sure to be the perfect present for someone on your list. Or you can always go with the tried and true Rothy's gift card and let them pick out just what they like. Find out why Glamour named Rothy's one of the top gift ideas you can't go wrong with and why Allure says Rothy's is the eco-conscious gift you'll see on every list. Those are quotes and those are true. Plus, Rothy's comes with free shipping and free returns on eligible items so you can gift without worry. I absolutely love my Rothy's. I've got two different pairs, and I think the lace-ups just might show up on my wish list this year. They're machine washable, which is awesome, but best of all, sustainability really matters to Rothy's, which is why they make their shoes and accessories out of plastic water bottles, you guys. How cool is that? To date, they transformed nearly 70 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. And if you're a longtime friend of That Sounds Fun, you remember when that used to be 60, and now it's 70, and that is so rad. So check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash soundsfun. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash soundsfun. Style and sustainability meets to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash soundsfun today. And now back to our conversation with Cody Zeller. You're not going to be surprised I do this, but turn that on its head to a spiritual comparison. Yeah. Like, how how, how does that look in your spiritual life? I want to talk about your spiritual life for a minute. Yeah, but for sure. How does what you do in private play out in your public life spiritually? It is true because I think what you do in private comes out in public. And so I always know that I always have to have a strong foundation. And especially in, you know, professional sports, unfortunately, there aren't a whole lot of Christians in the yeah. professional sports world. And so... It is pressure to, I mean, you see it all of like, you know, go out to the parties and the the money and it's a very fast lifestyle that's, uh, you know, pushed in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people, but there's not a whole lot of Christians. And so obviously you can pick good people to be around you. You know, you can pick good Christian people, but I spend so much time in the NBA, in those circles, you know, on the plane, in the locker room, in the weight room. And so I always make sure that I have to have my faith is so strong and I have to have make sure that, you know, whether it's my brothers or people that are close to me that keep me on track because it's easy to slip into, well, I'm, you know, I'm not as bad as that guy or, Mm. you know, so my faith has to be really strong. And that's something that I'm always very cautious of, you know, not letting that foundation slip at all. What does that look like? What's that discipline look like? Like, is that getting up early? I mean, y'all can't get up early. You're yeah. playing basketball and then eating dinner, and it's yeah. two a.m. or something. And unfortunately, we we're always either 
practicing have a game or traveling on Sunday. So yeah. I, I can't even go to church. Yeah. And so a lot of times it is, you know, watch the sermon online, uh, podcasts, uh, talk a lot with brothers and close family friends, but also uh, there's a chapel service uh, 60 minutes before each game Oh wow! in the NBA. So both the home and the away team comes to one chapel service. The home team always hosts it. And it's about 15 minutes. You always know it's one hour before the game starts. And it's about 15 minutes. In but every market, every... every, every, every yeah, wow. All 30 teams. And so, but it's really good stuff because it's, it's just us NBA players. Yeah. And a lot of us struggle with the same thing of, you know, being in the spotlight and the pressure of, you know, playing well and, um, you know, providing for our family, what everything, it, yeah. everything that we'd all deal with. So it's really good stuff. And the chaplains are really good of giving us, you know, a quick 15 minutes. Yep. And it kind of puts you in the right frame of mind before I take the court that I'm playing for more than myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been a big focus of mine. But that's really been important to me to, to kind of do that. And it's fun because you get, you know, even if you have a good, you know, home pastor at your home, you hear the same style of preaching yeah. every Sunday. Yeah. And so for this, you hear 30 different styles of preaching. So yeah. obviously the chaplain in Detroit is going to be different than the chaplain in Utah. Yeah. And so it's much different. So it's it's really fun to kind of get to know some of the and other chaplains. And 72 games, cities. that means you go to church 72 times this year. So that's you're it. you're going more than any of us. At the most, we're <laughs> going 52. It. That's it. So, I need it. I need it. So well done. It's good. It's good. What is... Um, what is your faith history? I mean, some of the reason we're friends is because of Matthew West. Yes. Thank you, Matthew, for making us friends. <laughs> and you were on his show, and you talked a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah. And so people can go hear all that. But I kind of want you to pick up for us, like, so many of our friends listening are dudes or are married to dudes or are raising dudes. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear, like, what's your faith like from college? Like, college is really where you settled into it for yourself, right? Yeah. And then why do you keep choosing it for yourself? Uh, I think that my, my faith has grown each step that I've each step that I've taken. And I think we talked a little bit about before about kind of the pressures of social media and how yeah. it can be uh, bad or you can use it to your good. And also the spotlight, kind of being in the spotlight. And like I talked about being in Washington, you know, playing basketball and then going to Indiana, I think it kind of kept me out of trouble in some aspects mm. too because – my mom used to follow on Twitter what I was doing throughout my day in college. So <laughs> she'd be like, what'd you order at Subway? Yeah. There was someone, you know, hey, Co- I'm standing behind Cody Zeller in line at yep, Subway. Yeah. I was like, what'd you get at Best Buy? So yep. anyway, I think that kind of kept me out of trouble in that aspect. But uh, I think that my faith has grown each time because uh, when I moved from high school to college, obviously it's your first time moving away from home and uh, it's something I wanted to focus on. So I had a lot of good people there that, got me connected with the church and I knew that was important. And then especially I I got drafted to Charlotte when I was 20 and I didn't know a single person in Charlotte. It's, wow. you know, I'm even in college, I was one hour away from home. So I right. could still go back home. I kind of still had that safety net. When I moved to college and when I moved to, to Charlotte, being drafted in the NBA, uh, that was really the first time where I really had to, you know, make sure that my faith was grounded. Once again, it was, um, you know, finding a good church, finding good Christian people around me that could kind of keep me on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that the the big struggle for me is so many people kind of pat you on the back. You're so good at basketball. You know, you're in the NBA. But it's kind of easy to slip into that's that's me that's doing that. This is mm-hmm. my life is set on basketball. And. So especially my rookie year, every time I stepped on the court, I would get my butt kicked. Like really? this is a rookie in the NBA. Yeah. You're, 
you have a lot to learn. And that was something that I would, you know, struggle with a little bit, but I'm so glad I had those Christian people with me. Yeah. And Charlotte that was like, no, to focus on your faith, your family. Basketball comes third or later. Yeah. And regardless of what's happening on the court, your faith is still strong. So they kind of poured into me there and um and I and even now it's uh you know, basketball's been taken away from me plenty of times, whether yeah. it's you know, injuries. I've had plenty of injuries throughout my career where I can't play for six months mm-hmm. or even even during COVID. Uh yeah. basketball, you can't play a game from you know, March eleventh to Christmas. Yeah. And that's really what I find out a lot about myself is like, is my bas- is my life really centered on basketball or is it standing on the faith? Mm. And so that's always kind of, I always have to kind of, you know, remind myself of where my priorities lie. Yeah, I was going to, you sort of answered that, but I'm still going to ask you again to see if there's a different answer. But I, I am curious what you know about God now mm. that maybe you didn't know in January. What have you experienced? Yeah. You don't have to tell us your private life, but what yeah. have you experienced this year that has taught you something new about God? I think it's interesting. Like like I was talking about, God is so constant and he's so faithful. And I think that it's the lesson that I have to learn over and over mm. because, you know, I do slip into that like, okay, basketball is going really well. Yeah. You know, like I can fo- focus on basketball. Everything's good. And then when that's taken away from me, then it's like, you know, everything kind of gets shaken up. Yeah. And so I think it's a lesson that I've continued to learn that, you know, basketball, regardless of what happens, win or lose, good game or bad game, my faith is what's really important. So I think that I've learned once again that God is constant and he's faithful and that's where I need my priorities to lay. So that's not necessarily a new lesson that I learned during quarantine, but it's a lesson that I relearned and I've had to continue just, to relearn. It just feels like everyone I know has had to wrestle down how little control we have yeah, and how God is the only thing that's faithful. Exactly. <laughs> our calendars aren't faithful. Our health is not faithful. Yeah. God is the only thing that is faithful. It feels like so many people are telling that same story right now. Exactly. Without exactly an end in sight, except you get to play basketball in a yep. month and a half. Exactly. So it'll be here. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> we have Dansby Swanson from the Braves is our like, that sounds fun baseball player. So you're yeah. going to be our, that sounds fun NBA player. So I'm, well, I'm the first one. So yeah, it's but we're going to keep you. No, no, no. <laughs> we could have picked anyone. I had just a lot of NBA players <laughs> begging to be on the show. And I was like, no, no, no. I want Cody Zeller or nobody. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, can we talk about Enneagram? Absolutely. Let's you do it. texted me before you even got here. We're like, here's one thing we're talking about. <laughs> What's your number? How do you, what number do you identify as? Uh, I believe I'm a nine. Uh, and I've, I've just recently had some conversations and I've gotten into it a little bit. And I also texted this, but my brother is trained as a strength finder coach. Yes. Go here. And so, uh, so he, he gets paid good money to be a consultant. He's an awesome speaker. He's a good leadership uh, kind the of a leadership one. coach, yeah. Okay. So he works for a bank doing like their leadership and development. Oh, cool. And then he does speaking gainers as well. And a lot of it is based on the lesson that he's learned from Strengths Finder. Yes. And so I'm not qualified to defend this, but he said that uh, the only thing that he has, Strengths Finder has over Enneagram is there's room for growth in Strengths ah. Finder. So that's kind of his And his he bargaining. would say there's not room for growth in Enneagram. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, so. Is that true about Strength Finder? You can change, you can grow and your strengths will change? I told you I'm not qualified. You're not qualified. You're just bringing the <laughs> okay. information. She like got all tense. She's like, I'm ready to defend Enneagram. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love Strength Finders. Yeah. I just didn't know. I thought I was stuck with my top five. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to have your to, brother Yeah, on. we'll have to call a lifeline. But anyway, so <laughs> I think I'm a nine Enneagram. 
Uh, I'm very easygoing. Yeah. Uh, what are your strengths? Tell us those two. Do you know them off the top of your head? Not at the, I mean, I'm I'm easygoing. I forget some of the strengths of. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah. Do you but have anyway, on your phone. You can look. Yeah, yeah, I got them on my phone. Yes, look. But anyway, so I'm a I'm definitely an eight. So I, I, I went back. You're not and, an eight. And, sorry, sorry. You're not. I'm an eight, a nine, buddy. and I went back and listened to a couple of your little summer uh, enneagram. So I was listening to the to the nine episode. Yeah. And as they as the group started talking, it was like, "Yep, that's me. Yep, that's me." <laughs> and the one story that was told was one of them was a nine and very non confrontational, yes. which is definitely me. And one of the stories that was told was uh, like at, at dinner, you're afraid to send your meal back. Yes. And it was like two weeks ago. I had a I had a group of friends. It was like, man, this this Italian spot's my favorite spot. And I kept telling him about like the best lasagna you'll ever have. Yeah. And so I talked it up, talked it up. And so we got there and I, of course, ordered the lasagna. And they brought me uh, chicken parmesan. And I was like, you know what? She probably knows better than me. You know, like, <laughs> no I bet way. the chicken parmesan is really good. So I didn't even send it back. I'm like, oh, this chicken parmesan is so good. But I had talked about it. It was like the whole reason why we went to the restaurant. But for me, I was like, you know, I'm like, ah, it's fine. You know, I'm so non confrontational. So anyway, but yeah, people pleaser, friendly, agreeable, cooperative, uh, trusting, easygoing, empathetic. So oh yeah, that's for sure me. So because it's interesting, people people that know me either as a person off the court, uh-huh. or if they know me first as a basketball player, they're always surprised by the other one because I am really I'm very laid back off yeah. the court. I'm just go with the flow, and nothing really bothers me. But on the court, you know, I'm a little undersized, like. I'm seven feet tall, but I'm probably 30 pounds less than most centers in the NBA. Oh, wow. And so I'm undersized, so I have to make up with it just how hard I play. And Do you have a mean kinda, face when you play basketball? A little bit. <gasps> little I can't bit. wait. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, so. Oh, that's exciting. Anyway, but yeah, so, and I have like all the little brother tricks. Like I get under <laughs> guys' skins. Like, oh, I've had so many guys like try to fight me, everything uh-huh. else. So like on the court, I'm like a very intense, you know, like just flying around. The, I dive into the crowd. I just play very crazy. And then off the court, I'm like, ah, whatever. Yeah, you know, you're so breezy. Yeah. So anyway, it's interesting hearing this. It's like, it's very accurate that I am a nine, but I think on the court, it's like a different Your version. eight of wing, maybe? I just know that it's, I think it's just for my career. I know that that's how I have to play for my career. Okay. So yeah. And kinda... so at, the other thing about Enneagram is they, real experts, not me, would say that Part of it is what Enneagram's telling you is your motivations of why you do what you do more than your behaviors. And and so there still may, even the way you play on the court, may be some nine things that I just don't know well enough. But do you know, what do you, as you've researched your nine-ness, it feels true. Do the weaknesses and the pain points feel true about a nine? I think so. I'm I'm definitely non-confrontational. Yeah. Uh, like in relationships or even on the court with you know I, I think it is maybe this is what Luke's talking about, but uh, I think it's something that I've gotten better about. Yeah. Of being a better leader, but I'm naturally I'm not confrontational enough to you know pull a teammate aside and tell them mm-hmm. you need to play harder, you need to do this or do that. Mm-hmm. But I think that is somewhere that I've gotten better because you know I'm an older guy now and and that's kind of okay. A but actually, I'm, how old are you? Uh, I'm 28, but this is for the NBA wow. standards. Uh, eight years in the NBA, going into yeah. my eighth season. Yeah, I'm like the old guy in the locker room. That is, is wild, wild right? to me. It's wild. I mean, eight years in the NBA, and how an average person does 15? The average is five years. <gasps> Get yeah. out of here. Average is five years. A what good NBA career. A good NBA career is 10 years. Okay. So 
yeah, I'll, I'll play as long as I can. I've had a lot of injuries, so uh, I'm fortunate that, you know, I'm, I'm finally healthy now. So quarantine yeah. has been really good for me. Oh, yeah, because I guess uh, it rested your yeah, knees or Yeah, things, everything else, back. yeah. All injuries, of it, yeah. all of it. <laughs> wow, so, so 10 is like a long career. Yeah, yeah. There's been plenty of guys that have, you know, 15 or, or more. Yeah. But, yeah, average is five years. So the interesting thing that I will ask as a follow-up to that is – I hope you get to play basketball for a very long time. Thank you. I'm yeah. very excited to watch this year. I've never yeah. cared ever, except <laughs> I grew up in Atlanta, so I was a Hawks fan Okay. when I was a I kid. Like, that. I'm talking yeah. like Spud Webb, yeah. that kind of yeah. time. Dominique Wilkins. Dominique oh, Wilkins. Yeah. I had his go. jersey. I mean, that, <laughs> that's when I liked the Hawks. That's how long it's been since I was, like, active in the NBA. Active. But when a lot of times people have a dream for their life mm-hmm. or this thing that they want to see happen, and then it happens, and then it's over. Yeah. And and so how do you continue to dream and be in the thing you want to do yeah. and know that probably when you're 40 like me you probably won't st- maybe you will but <laughs> but the chances are you'll be onto a different part of yeah. what God made you to do. Yeah, so many people don't realize that or think about that because they're in a normal career you spend your whole career working up the corporate ladder to get to a point where you're the CEO, you're yeah. the president, you get to that point and then you're ready for retirement, you know, at whatever, 60, 65, yeah. you know, at the end of your career. Whereas I know what I'm passionate about. I know that, you know, I've made it to the top of playing the NBA and my career is going to be over at 35 and then I have to find what, what to do with the rest of my life. So yeah. uh, that's something I've already, you know, kind of started thinking about. It's better to think about it before it's there. Yeah. So it doesn't hit you in the face. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Tyler is my, my middle brother and he's kind of been in and out of the league. So he's been, you know, six, six different teams over eight years and he's been cut by a, t- a few teams and he's holding on right now, but he's really had to think about that. And, uh, last year he wasn't with a team all year. And so every time I talked to him, it was like, he's going to do, he's going to build cabinets. He's going <laughs> to do woodworking. He's going to be an electrician, like all right. this stuff that it's like, and I'll, you know, I want to do something when my career is over. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just sit and do nothing. And uh, so that's something that I've, you know, kind of struggled with, but also like, you know, I'm try- starting to think about it now before it's it's here. When you pray about your future, yeah, are you, I'm thinking about all of our friends, myself included, who have dreams of their lives and then they pray and God does that thing. And then what do you keep praying? Yeah. So when you're praying about your future, when it comes to professional, I'm not digging into your personal life, yeah. but we're gonna. When you're thinking professionally, are you praying, God, help me to stay healthy for 10 more years or give me new dreams or or what does it look like for you? Yeah, I think uh, I think that I feel fortunate. One of my, my high school coaches used to always tell me, uh, Luke 12, 48 says, too much is given, much is required. Mm. And so I've been given a lot. Obviously, I'm seven feet tall. I've, I have athletic ability. And so I've been put in a, a special situation that I've made the NBA and I wouldn't be there if I wasn't seven feet tall. And so I feel like, uh, you know, God has put me there to use my platform to, mm. you know, kind of spread the word and be a light and dark place in, in some times. And so that's kind of what I pray for is that regardless of what happens on the court, good game or bad game, I just hope people see me as something different than the rest of the guys are on the court, whether wow. even if it's how I play and like there's something special about that guy and it's not just what he does with, you know, a, a hoop and a ball. Yeah. And so I hope that when my career is over, I still can find something 
that I'm still able to, you know, grow God's kingdom and, yeah. you know, kind of use that platform, whether it's going back to Indiana where, you know, I had to go to Korea or, you know, even I'm, I'm uh, you know, very active in like the, the children's hospital in Charlotte. Yeah. So I could see myself like helping out, being on a board there, you know, doing my, my uncle also played in the NBA. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so there's all, it runs the family. It's a family business is pretty much what it is. Yeah, so he uh, he runs an autism center in Missouri. Oh, so wow. he went to school there and he's a well-known figure in Missouri University. And so essentially what he does, he creates relationships with people and he raises money for the autism center that he's really passionate about. Never yeah. had a, anyone in his family that's autistic. He's just yeah. really passionate about it. And so I could see myself doing something like that where it's not a normal nine to five, yeah. but you're really, help, you're really helping a, a good cause. Yeah. And it's all just relationships. It's you know going to dinner with someone once in a while, traveling every once in a while, yeah. but not necessarily a nine to five. So uh, Man, you like this, got is, it this is very therapeutic that we're talking about this of like, <laughs> what am I going to do when my basketball's over? Forget about the good thing. We don't know. Yeah. We don't, and we don't have to worry about that yet because yeah, we get to watch you play good. for a lot longer, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully so. as you start crossed. your eighth year Fingers next crossed. month. But even because I, I think the cool thing for people to hear, I wanted you to do that because now I want you to talk about the Like a Child Foundation yeah. and how you know what you want to do in the future, but you're not waiting. Yeah. And you're doing it now. And so will you talk about starting that while you're still, I mean, you're the top guy on your on your team. Yeah. You're a star, <laughs> Cody Zeller. You're an absolute star. And so, but talk about Like a Child Foundation and why y'all started that now instead of waiting until yeah. 10 years when your career's over. Yeah. So, uh, when I was a rookie, uh, kind of a rookie initiation, uh, they kind of make you, you know, carry a Dora the Explorer backpack or whatever. Oh, do they? So, so they, they do some funny, funny things. You should to the do rookies. that around here. I yeah. haven't done that to any of my employees yet. Yeah. So one of the things they, uh, for Halloween, they put a, a, a Luigi costume in my, in my locker. So it was Mario <laughs> Luigi and we had to wear it out of the arena and we actually went to the children's hospital who's one of our Yeah, you posted our, these on Halloween, One of our right? partners. And yeah. so- so I went and it was kind of like a rookie duty and I never, you know, visited Children's Hospital before, but I went and I loved it. It was like, it really put things into perspective for me from that very first time that I went, that there's a lot more that, to life than what happens on a basketball mm. court. And I thought it would be like, you know, kind of depressing to see the kids, you know, obviously there's a reason they're there, but it was very much the opposite in that, like, why am I complaining about a sprained ankle? Mm. These kids are singing, they're dancing, like they're they're the joy, the most joyful kids. And so, uh, so I just kind of went from there. So I, every year after that, I volunteered for like, put me on the Halloween. I'm wearing a costume, wow. I'm going to the children's hospital. And so, uh, last year and really into quarantine is kind of one of the projects we've worked on is, uh, we got certified as a 501 C three nonprofit for the like a child foundation. And people have described me as being like a child as well. So mm. like, I love animated movies and I love, you know, like I'm just a little kid at heart. You had like, like a puzzle when you were in yeah, quarantine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm a seven footer, but I'm in like maturity of like a seven year old. So anyway, some people have described me as being like a child. Yeah. It's also biblical. Matthew 18, three says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like a child, yeah. and never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think even as adults, we have a lot to learn from children in that, you know, they don't, they don't know the stresses of, you know, paying taxes or climbing yeah. the corporate ladder, yeah. the election or you know, anything like that. They just they just want to play and take naps all day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think as we grow up as adults, we kind of lose that little kid inside of each of us. Yeah. And so anyway, so the the foundation was helped to was was kind of set up to uh, donate money and help organizations that help children. 
So last year was kind of the first year that we did anything, and we kind of stole the idea off the NFL does one week each year. They do uh, my cleats, my cause. So yeah, they, yeah. So they customize a pair of shoes, and the NBA has never done anything like that. And so I just kind of made it my own. So I picked four organizations that help kids. Yeah. And I customized shoes. So I did Hemby Children's Hospital in Charlotte, Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and then TAPS, which helps kids and families of fallen soldiers. Oh, wow, yeah. And so this year, we're we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do uh, five pairs of custom shoes that I'm going to wear in a and game. And you wear them in a game, yeah. Yeah, so we make a donation through Like a Child, but also we auction off the shoes and we yeah. you know, visit the kids. So there are some really cool custom shoes, too. It's so like the one uh, that was really fun was the Hemby uh, Children's Hospital in Charlotte. Uh, I had a great relationship with them, and uh, there's little kids that come up and ask me for my autograph. Like, hey, will you sign yeah, my shoes? Yeah. And so I went to the Children's Hospital and asked the kids for their autograph. Oh, that's adorable. Because I, I look up Cody. to them kind of for their bravery and their, you know, in the face of adversity and illness. So so it ended up being a really cool pair of shoes, different colors. And yeah. And the kids were signing them. So anyway, we're doing that again this year, and we're really excited about uh, all that. Is there a website we can go look at things? Yeah, just uh, yeah, it's just being released. So a new website, new logo. Let's That's go. all been a big quarantine project. So likeachild.org. Oh, how yeah. does no one already have likeachild.org? Yeah, exactly. Right. The Lord just held it for That's you. It. He was like, I'll give out. No one will see this. He just hid it That's away. It. That's, it. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's been really fun. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Indeed. As with most things, 2020 has significantly reshaped how we work. From travel restrictions to virtual meetings, businesses everywhere have been challenged to be their most efficient, which means that now more than ever, every hire is critical. Our friends at Indeed are here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, you guys, not just in your city, not just in your state, in the world. Indeed helps you find quality candidates fast so you can stay focused on hiring the person you need to round out your team. This is not the case with other sites, but Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73%, y'all, 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering our friends a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is valid through December 31st and terms and conditions apply. Okay, now back to our conversation with Cody. This is a dumb question. Do you wear new shoes every single game you play? Not necessarily. Some guys are different. Like Michael Jordan is our owner. Uh, yes. He owns the, the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, he he's famous for wearing a new pair of shoes every game. Uh, I like to break them in a little bit, but I'll probably only wear them for maybe two weeks. And yeah. then kind of move I on. I wonder if you get blisters if you wore brand yeah. new shoes every game. Yeah, yeah. Most of the new shoes are pretty broken in by the time you yeah. get them. So 
Yeah, Michael Jordan's your owner. I forgot it that is, from yeah, um, yeah. the TV show I watched, yeah. the series. So he like you like know him. Yeah, it's yeah. like the probably the two most popular questions I get. One, how tall are you? Yeah, of course. And for two, like, do you know Michael Jordan? <laughs> And so I have a lot of Michael Jordan stories. So yeah, he's around every once in a while. Yeah, uh, he'll come for uh, maybe a week at a time. He'll sit at the end of our bench and he'll be yelling at the refs. And yeah. Else. So it's really cool to have him around. Any time that you can get with him is really special. Whether it's yeah. in the training room or uh, practice or anything like that. So yeah, I it's would really cool it. to have him around. Okay, likeachild.org. That's awesome. There it is. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. What a really good um, as a decade older friend. Let me tell you, what a good use of your life. Yeah. You are doing you are doing this right. I appreciate it. I mean it. That is it's, such a good why not? Like I said, it's it's really fulfilling for me too because it does put things into perspective that, you know, to see the impact that we can have on kids. And I just remember my childhood of like man, it was some of my some of my favorite memories of just growing up with brothers. Like yeah. we look back to that now. We're all spread out all over the country and we don't get a whole lot of family time and uh some of my favorite memories is playing a you know, a game on a little Nerf hoop on the back of the door. Yeah. You know, the three of us playing and, you know, fights breaking oh, out and everything gosh, else. I can't but, imagine. Like, you look back on those, and those are some of my favorite memories. So we just want to, like, preserve that childhood memory. And we want everyone to, you know, kids should be at the children's hospital. They should yeah. be having a good education and, you know, really enjoying that that time of their life. So we can, like, donate to Like a Child? Absolutely. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Super. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it today. There you go. I will. I'll um, match it. I'll match it. Oh, will you? <laughs> Absolutely. Don't do that. Okay, fine. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I, so I guess the other thing, I'm trying to think what else our people would like to know. What kind of books are you, do you read? Do you read books? Uh, occasionally. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm a millennial, so I'm Let's, like much more, I you know, know. videos short at, you know. Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, our friends who like have sons or yeah. friends or husbands your age, what are we giving them for Christmas? Oh, wow. Uh, Not books? Yeah. I mean, my parents wrote a book, which this is, this is, a, I'm not telling you this to poke. Put to it on the book. list. Of course. I think it, it's also, it's a chance for me to make fun of my parents. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, do I have to go through like your agent or anything to get a hold of you guys? But, uh, no, they, they wrote the book. It's called raising boys the Zeller way. Oh, and wow. so they, they just kind of told stories of like raising us. And, uh, it's, so the author wrote it for him and sent it to each one of us to make yeah. sure like, Hey, like, make sure you approve of all the stories. Like, they yeah, tell some yeah, stories yeah. of like me wetting the bed, and you know, some sure, embarrassing stories. Sure. So anyway, so I went through and and uh, and it was like two hundred pages, and I wrote all these sarcastic comments <laughs> for my brothers. <laughs> yeah. It's so like my my brother broke his hand really bad, like a tough time throughout his life of, you know, broke it really bad in college, and so like, he told that story. And there's one part where he's sitting in the locker room and he knows basketball's basketball is going to be taken away from him. Mm. He's he's got tears coming down his eyes. And so uh, that part of the book tells that story. It's so, like in the margins I write, and I'm like, Tyler's crying. What a wuss. You know, like, <laughs> just making fun of him. So I went through the whole thing. And uh, so I was planning on sending it to my, my mom yeah. and my brothers. And she's like, just go ahead and send it straight to the author. Yeah, back to and the I was like, ghostwriter. Oh, yeah. no. Like, I don't know the author. He doesn't know me. <laughs> like, some of, these, some of these jokes are yeah. like a little... But I was like, I've already done it for 200 pages. So I sent it to <laughs> Can't him. Can't waste it. Yeah. And he loved it. And he's like, so he had Luke and Tyler go back and make their comments on the side. Oh, hilarious. And so my parents kind of tell the story of raising us. And then in the margins, it's like, 
uh, the three of us our comments like making fun of each other. Yeah, the whole way through. Oh, that's awesome. Raising boys the Zeller way. Yeah. So anyway. That's a good gift. So yeah, my parents do like speaking engagements and stuff now. It's like you guys are big time. I need a Man, I got to go through ages. Y'all are like this. a power family. <laughs> I don't know about that. That is so impressive. <laughs> I don't know about that. So. so they travel and speak. Okay. Anyway. Okay, but books are not the gift. Not a whole okay. lot. I'm a big Bob Goff fan. Well, certainly. Yeah. We all are. I yes. don't know if you know Bob Goff or can introduce me or anything. Yes. But you haven't met he's, him yet? He's easily on my top five list of people that I want to meet. Okay, can you Bob give the Goff. all five? Because maybe we can help you with more of them. Okay. I can for sure get you Bob. Bob Goff. Also, his uh, phone number's in the back of the book, and yeah, that's really that's his true. phone. So, that's true. But go ahead. Bob Goff, uh, Peyton Manning, a big Peyton Manning. So growing Y'all up in Indiana. Y'all kind of look similar. Have people told you yeah, that? Yeah, people have told me that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I grew up as like a huge Colts fan. Okay. Like I dreamed of playing in the NBA or the NFL, and I had to settle for the NBA. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Peyton Manning was my childhood Can hero. seven foot tall people play in the in- NFL? Probably not. I just can't imagine. Not. Yeah, You look not. so different. Yeah, so. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry, uh, Peyton. I don't even know who else. I'm a big uh, Duck Dynasty fan. Oh, I yes, we so, can do that. Yeah, all the Duck Dynasty crew. Uh, you haven't met any of them yet? I've met, uh, I actually did meet uh, Willie. Yes. Uh, through Matthew, actually. Yep. Matthew and Willie did Matthew a little, makes all your friends yeah, for you. all of them. Yeah, <laughs> he introduced us, so. Uh, but anyway, so I don't know who else on the list, but okay. anyway. Yeah. Well, I can, I can help you with two out of three of those people yeah, are friends. Yeah. Peyton Manning. To be determined. Yeah. We haven't been friends yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can't, I do know he's friends with friends. There we go. And Tennessee we're stuff. Close. Yeah, you're we're in the right close. state. There we go. There yeah, we go. you're really here. But anyway, any Bob Goff book, big fan. Do you know the big thing fan. about Bob Goff? Tell me, you can say, Annie, you're right, or Annie, you're wrong. The, when I talk to men about Bob Goff, when they read his books, they don't walk away and go, I want to do what he did. They walk away and go, I want to know him. Yeah. Yeah. He's just such a happy guy. Like, how does does he ever have a bad day? He's a seven like me. Yeah. We have the same. So when we uh, were talking about sevens earlier, yeah. before we were on the microphone, when we were eating lunch and talking about sevens, it's that's part of his personality. Yeah. yeah, he's a great one. Yeah. And it is like, you know, back to my nine that it gets me, you know, I'm, I can be indecisive. So to like make a big decision mm-hmm. and he's so much the other way. So like reading his book has been good for me because he's just like, go for it. Yeah. Like go on a mission trip, go, you know, chase your dreams. And so that's been good for me because it, sometimes it takes me a little while to get it going. Yeah. Once I'm there, I'm, I'm all in, Yeah. but it takes me a little while to get going sometimes. So he's, he's helped to kind of, you know, encourage me on that. A few years ago, I was really good friends with a bunch of the guys who played for Vanderbilt baseball and I would pump them books all the time. Like that was one of my things is I was like, read a book and let's talk about it. Read a book and let's talk about it. And especially when they went off to play in the, that's how I know Dansby. When they went off to play in minor league and major league, that's how I I would stay in touch with a lot of them is let's read books and talk about them. And every Bob Goff book, they'd be like, I want to know that guy. (laughs) I want to know him. And I was like, that is the, it is the strangest social experiment. Cause I'd hand him another book by another great author and they would read it and go, yeah, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Yeah. But they would never talk about the author. That's super interesting. And with Bob, it's always like, I want to know him. I never thought of it like that. And I, and it is, it's true. Like I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of people that I like back to the NBA thing of like people that I looked up to. And, uh, it is really cool to meet some of those people that you, you grew up idolizing. So there's not a whole lot of people that I'm like starstruck by. Yeah. And but he is one that I'm like 
I'm, I'm not ashamed. Like, I want to be friends with him. I, mean, I want to meet him. A guy yeah. who knows Michael Jordan is <laughs> like, it. I feel like yeah. I'd really like to meet Bob Goff. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Forget I mean, Michael Jordan. He's, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's good cool. at playing basketball. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so this year when we become, our uh, me, our friends listening, we're all suddenly huge Hornet fans. Huge, yeah. And what's your number? Yeah. 40. Great. That works 40. fine with me. Perfect. Because that is me. So 40, you're number 40. We're going to cheer for <laughs> Zeller. Does it have your name on the back, too? Yeah, it does. So yeah. we should get some jerseys. Yeah, we'll order I'll those. I'll send you one. No, well, yeah. fine. But yeah, we'll perfect. also order some. <laughs> what, and we see you play, and we go, oh, man, I love Cody Zeller. And what in that moment, what would you want us to pray for you if people uh, started praying when they saw you play or when they saw your name somewhere? Yeah, great question. Um, another great question. Thank you. Uh, I think... Like I said, every time that I take the court, I hope that people see me as more than a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And whether they know my story or not, it's like there's something different the way that he plays. And uh, so I think that, but also, uh, also like I said, I've, I've had a lot of injuries throughout my career. Yeah. So uh, especially I've, I was healthy, fortunate to be healthy this past year. But before that, I've had uh, a torn rotator cuff, which was three months. I had two torn quad muscles. <gasps> Wait, uh, is that the back of your leg or the, the front, front of your leg? The front, yeah. You tore the front of your leg? Yeah. Two Twice. two of those. I've had um, a torn meniscus. Uh, yeah. I broke my nose like, you know, 27, okay, maybe four times. <laughs> uh, I've had nose surgery. Um, so I've had a little bit of everything. I've had stitches everywhere. So yeah, I think it's kind of my style of play. Yeah. And I broke my hand. I have a, a plate and six screws in my hand. That's cool. So, yeah. But anyway, so I think uh, I'll accept any prayers for just good health. Like, yeah. I just want to be on the court, you know, to help the team. But also, you know, it's I enjoy playing basketball, so I want yeah. to be out there on the court. So I think that's I'll, I'll accept any prayers for that. And it's fun seeing men of faith doing jobs that are in all sorts of different arenas and women of faith, yeah. but in the NBA, it's all men. Yeah. But it is just so cool that to remind people, especially of our friends that are listening who have a 10 year old boy yeah. or a high school basketball player, that, that God is calling some of us into those kind of jobs. Yeah. Like you were built for this. Yeah. And th- that's what God always meant for you to do. Right. Yeah. And it, I love the way that it is. Uh, because, you know, a lot of times in Christian circles, I, I love surrounding myself with good Christian people. But it's it's also very unique to be in a locker room where there are so many different personalities, so many different yeah. backgrounds. And so, you know, I feel like I can talk to a little bit of everyone. And you know, like we had uh, two French guys. We had uh, a guy from the Congo. Uh, we had one from Spain. Like in our locker room, there's a bunch of different languages going. And uh, so it's, it's fun to be able to kind of share with people that have different views than me. And so, uh, you know, I feel, you know, like it's the same thing that God has kind of put me in that place uh, to kind of be a light in that area and kind of share the gospel. And yeah. uh, so I, I don't try to force that on anyone, but I've had a lot of cool conversations with people that come to me, teammates that come to me. You know, I kind of earn their respect on the court. And, you know, when they get to talking about stuff, you know, why don't you come to the club with us? Or why don't you, you know, you don't, I don't hear you cussing too much or whatever it yeah. is. Not that that makes you a good person or a Christian, but that's kind of my chance to kind of share my faith. This yeah. is this is who I am. This is how I was raised. And so I don't try to force my faith on anyone, but I've had some really cool conversations with, with guys from that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well done. 
Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? This is awesome. It's great. I love this. You're very good at this. I love this. You're welcome no, here anytime. We would love to have you. I'm honored. I'm I'm the by default, I'm your first NBA player and I'm your only NBA player right now. So You're the first. You're awesome. the only by by choice, you're the favorite. Oh, okay. See, okay. we could you we could have gone like <laughs> thanks for coming, but we did. That. You're the favorite as well. So that yeah. plays into this. It's Benjamin so Watson is our NFL yeah, guy. I love it. Love it. So we have yeah, we just need to get a hockey player now. You Do you know any hockey players? I don't know any hockey players. I don't know any hockey players. It's so. just too cold. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> it's too I, can't. Cold. <laughs> I was in a restaurant with one of the um, predators two weeks ago, but I didn't ask yeah. him to be on the podcast. <laughs> I should have thought about that. Okay, the last question we always ask. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell yeah. me what you do for fun. Yeah, so I've obviously listened to a lot of your shows. And <laughs> Thank you. This is this is the toughest question that people ask me. I'm really? Like, yes. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm so boring. Like, I just watch Netflix. I take naps. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have little kids that are like, you know, I can ask you any I can answer any question you got about, you know, the election, about, yeah. you know, social injustice issues. But you ask me, like, what I do for fun. I'm like, wow, that is a <laughs> tough question. Uh, but really, uh, you know, I, one of the things I've been doing during quarantine is I've been trying to learn how to play guitar. Oh so, yes. I've seen that on your yeah, Instagram. Yeah. And it's initially, it wasn't going well. It's going a little better now. Do you have calluses? A little, a little bit. Okay. So I probably know like six or seven chords. Okay. I can't play a full song yet. I'm not ready for my big public debut. If you know six or seven chords, you can for sure do a worship song. Cause Something it's about like three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm a big music fan. I love like country music and Christian music, obviously. And so uh, I love music. So that was, I've never been able to play any kind of instrument. So like during quarantine, I was like, I was kind of joking about it initially, like on Twitter. And I did a couple, you know, like interviews where I'm like, ah, oh, I should learn how to play guitar. And uh, Fender sent me like a beautiful, like $800 guitar. Yeah. I'm like, well, shoot, now I have to learn, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, so that's been kind of one of my quarantine projects. So Okay, uh, learning to play guitar. That's kind of fun. It's also been very frustrating, but... <laughs> I'll count that as that's. that's I mean, I'm not fun. trying to body shame you in any way, but I would imagine a guitar is <laughs> your hands are big. Yeah. Big. So I would imagine you're good at it because you can get to all the things. Yeah. I have like little sausage fingers, so I was never able to like get to the top. Yeah. Cor- uh, people, string. People tell me I should play piano because I guess long fingers help piano. Yeah. But both my brothers played piano. My my parents made us play piano, and then they got to me and they're like do you want to play? Like, we're kind of tired of running your brothers around. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. So anyway, they never made me play piano, but I kind of, you know, I kind of regret. I don't, I right. never been able to play an instrument. Okay, so now it's guitar. Yeah, do you guitar. just take it with you everywhere? Did you fly it here? No, I didn't Please fly tell it me. Here. I was going to say, please say I you weren't the guy that was here. flying to no. Nashville with the guitar in the <laughs> overhead. They'd be like, no. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. But anyway, that's been my quarantine project. Okay. Six yeah. chords down. Something like that, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Yes, this has been fun. It's been so fun. Yeah. You're very good awesome. at this. No, you are very welcome here anytime. Fun. Okay. I think that's it. If you're done, I'm done. Awesome. Yay. Yeah, we did good. it. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely. the best. You guys, isn't he just the best? Aren't you so glad we have like a NBA player to root for now? Like we've needed a That Sounds Fun NBA player and it is Cody Zeller. Number 40, Charlotte Hornets. You guys, make sure you follow him on Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Tell him thanks for being on the show. And I hope that we spend a lot of time in December all the way through the basketball season cheering for our friend Cody. You can do to him like you do to Dansby Swanson, where you yell, that sounds fun, and he knows that our people are there. 
Well, I guess whenever they have fans again, you can do that. But you can sure tweet at him. You can sure comment on his Instagram. Tell him how much you enjoyed the show today. And if you have other basketball-loving friends in your life, this is a great episode to share with them, to hear about the ins and outs of being in the NBA. And if you enjoyed this conversation with Cody, some others that I think you would really enjoy might be episode 111 with Tim Tebow or episode 103 with Taylor Twelman, one of my favorite soccer players and favorite commentators. Gosh, I love that dude. Hey, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. I think that's it for me today, friends. I'm smiling from ear to ear. What a super fun show. And it kicks off a super fun week on That Sounds Fun because Thursday we've got our friend Lisa Turkhurst. It's going to be great, you guys. So go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Have a great week. And we'll see you back here on Thursday with Lisa. Lisa.